0: Hey, do you like listening to a good word from the Lord, word of encouragement, love, acceptance, and so forth? Well, what about the difficult sayings? What about hard words from the scriptures? How do you feel about that? Well, I encourage you to stick around to today's episode of the We Believe podcast, and we're going to take a look at that and talk about it. By the way, this conversation was started, stopped, started, and stopped several times. So through the miracle of editing, um, it might be a little choppy in a couple of spots, but uh, don't let that dissuade you from listening to today's content. The We Believe Podcast is produced by the Salvation Army of Manchester, New Hampshire. I'm your host, Captain Mike Harper, and with me in the studio is my friend, the Reverend Warren Tanner. So, but now we're back. Um, Even though it's the end of January, I'm ready to get this started. Uh, Season two (laughs) of the We Believe podcast, and uh, I don't even know how many episodes are supposed to be in the season. Uh, We Believe podcast, it's a program where we try to discuss biblical truth and link it to our daily living. Mm -hmm. And um, so we haven't really talked in a while. And this morning uh, you've come in and, and you said you've recently been preparing for some messages um, in 2 Thessalonians, right. uh, the first chapter or two. And uh, so what basically, um, what basically is, is the premise that you're, that you're trying to study?
1: The power behind, even just in our English language, Bibles the wording that he used and how animated Paul m- must have been at the time under inspiration when God is inspiring him to speak on God's behalf this eternal truth it wasn't probably just monotone like we read a book mm. monosyllabic syllabic or whatever yeah. if, you know there's feeling and emphasis and and the syllables of a word probably took on that and so it never happened to me before never read it like this before but as i was reading through this book maybe the second third time this time you know in sequence till i decide to leave it was like wow this chapter is like a crescendo and all of a sudden because i had read the book a few times recently and i have now a, a scope of the book and the overall picture of the book when i go through it then, on the heels of the time before, now you, you pick up the tone of the whole book. Mm. You you pick up the whole uh, tone of the context of why Paul is writing this, and the context of what really was going on. So when you come back to it a second or a third time, you have, as you said, this this basis that you don't sometimes have because what was that you said you were that point of reference or whatever you have a point of reference now to be able to start interpreting what you're reading right there's a foundation and and it's it's also i'm way off here but also what you start to see is you start connecting the dots oh he said something just like that in chapter one but oh look in this chapter here still in the same book this connects to that that connects to that then you start to see how the whole thing is not segmented. It's, it's one uni- unified uh, uh, body of writing that he is right. sending off to somebody. So anyway.
0: And so here in Second Thessalonians chapter 1, uh, the, the section that you're talking about specifically is Paul uh, speaking about God's final judgment and glory. Okay? And so uh, why don't I just go ahead and read... Uh, this short passage. Yeah, and then and then we can. And
1: and, and as you get into what 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 what's sparking him is, Paul is mad and frustrated how others are impacting the Thessalonians negatively, mm. and because you've already had First Thessalonians and now Second Thessalonians, it's like he said, you know what, enough is enough. I need to really address this.
0: Paul was very protective yes. over his churches. Yep. Um, okay, and so, um, Paul, writing to the Thessalonians, this is, as you mentioned, the second time. Paul, Silvanus, and Timothy, to the church of the Thessalonians, and God our Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace to you and peace from God our Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ. We are bound to thank God always for you, brethren, as it is fitting, because your faith grows exceedingly, and the love of every one of you all abounds towards each other. So that we ourselves boast of you among the churches of God, for your patience and faith in all your persecutions and tribulations that you endure, which is manifest, which is manifest evidence of the righteous judgment of God, that you may be counted worthy of the kingdom of God, for which you also suffer, since it is a righteous thing with God to repay with tribulations those who trouble you, and to give you who troubled rest, and to give you who are troubled rest with us when the Lord Jesus is revealed from heaven with his mighty angels, in flaming fire taking vengeance on those who do not know God, and on those who do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. These shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord, and from the glory of his power, when he comes in that day to be glorified in his saints." and to be admired among all those who believe, because our testimony among you was believed. Therefore, we also pray always for you, that our God would count you worthy of this calling, and fulfill all the good pleasure of his goodness, and the work of his power, in the work of faith with power, that the name of our Lord Jesus Christ may be glorified in you, and you in him, according to the grace of our God in the Lord Jesus Christ.
1: I think there's like a crescendo here. Paul is really invested in what is happening to his people. So, you know, I kind of went through it the second time myself, you know, starting verse 3, We're bound to thank God always for you, brethren, as it is meet, because that your faith groweth exceedingly, and the charity of every one of you all toward each other abound, so that we ourselves glory in you, in the churches of God, for your patience and faith in all your persecutions and tribulations which ye endured, which is a manifest token of the righteous judgment of God, that ye may be counted worthy of the kingdom of God, for which ye also suffer. Seeing, it's a righteous thing with God to recompense tribulation to them that trouble you. And to you who are troubled, rest with us, when the Lord Jesus shall be revealed from heaven with his mighty angels in flaming fire, taking vengeance on them that know not, and he just builds, right? Uh-huh. I think that's the spirit that is behind this. And and you know, I think we're so sanitized now, if that's even fair to say. But in a sense, we're so sanitized when we read our Bibles, we don't have the. The, the emotion, the passion that the words are conveying as what's being said. And it just really smacked me upside the head myself.
0: Yeah, you don't just say, the Lord will be revealed from heaven with his mighty angels in flaming fire, taking vengeance. You don't just say that, those words in a monotone. No. Uh, they, they live off the paper. Yeah. And it must have been... It must have been... Um, a very energetic, passion yes. impassioned way in which he was saying these words, uh, yes. or at least that's the the intent behind them.
1: Absolutely. And
0: so that means that there was a lot of emotion yeah. uh, driving his uh, what he was saying.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, we believe this is inspired by God through the Apostle Paul, but still, it's using his speaker, yeah. <laughs> his equipment. And he must have been really charged up in in wanting to defend those who he feels are being mistreated.
1: Yeah, these are like his own children. If somebody was going to come and negatively affect your children or my children, we're just, would you please not, would you please be nice to my kid? You know, if if it's suffering, if they're suffering and feeling pain and it's agonizing to them, and this person or whoever is doing it, well you're going to be a little bit different as a parent yeah. now and and that's how Paul is
0: in relation to this and uh no pastor let me inter- yeah. interrupt you here just because uh let me let me take it in a little um i want to ask a controversial question sure. do you think that that language like this is hard to take nowadays because it offends the sensibilities of our modern 21st century coffee house kind of church. Yes. Do you think that we can handle this kind of, like, uh, we don't like to think that, that, um, the Lord Jesus will be revealed from heaven with his mighty angels in flaming fire, taking vengeance on those who do not know God and on those who don't obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's, that's flat out confrontational, isn't it?
1: Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah, it's I don't know if I'm going to be able to do justice to what I have been formulating in my head because it's formulating in my head, but we have to pick sides and realize there is a battle, there's a war going on here. Mm-hmm. Paul is upset because eternity's at stake for a whole lot that's involved here. And so we're we're so worried about offending people that those who are being who have been offended End up not getting their needs addressed because we're so overly concerned about not addressing what is causing the offense. And in our society, mm. we have to be so careful how we address the offense that those that have been offended are really the ones that are paying the price anymore. We have to bow down to a whole lot of other things that end up in our society now, the way our country is now, to where these people are getting certain let's say privileges but I'm paying for them mm. but nobody seems to care that that extra money and stuff that it's got to be getting from somewhere to give to these people I'm the one doing it so Paul that's probably a poor analogy but Paul realizes hey wait a minute here these are good people. They're paying a price unfairly. What is? They have nothing but good to give back to their community, to their society. They're doing nothing wrong. But we have these that are trying to take advantage of them and use them and turn it around. And Paul has basically said, enough is enough somebody has to call a spade a spade. And, and it's hard for us to receive hard preaching like this anymore in our country because preachers don't preach hard preaching anymore. And we're, as you and I were talking before we even started this, it's getting to where I'm afraid to say certain words because of how I will be perceived and the ramifications of speaking the truth in love. And as Paul told the Galatians, have I become your enemy because I told you the truth. We will make enemies by making the truth but we cannot sell the truth short because in doing so we're playing games with their eternity and we're playing games with what Christ came to do in the first place. It he told uh Paul told Peter that Jesus came to save sinners. Mm. Well there has to be sinners somewhere but nobody's a sinner anymore. We can't call anything sin. Nothing can be challenged because we are so status quo. And and I was convicted in reading Paul's words here because I could see how I've been dumbed down, how I've become afraid, how I've tiptoed around how do I say things, better not say things, it might cost me my job, I'll, I'll be the odd man out here because everything is so much accepted, and once again, there's that one lone, well, he's crazy, look at the rest of us, think it's fine, and and I think if we don't put the finger in the dike soon enough, we're beyond hope, and we're beyond hope now, but it remains, I think, incumbent upon organizations like yours, Salvation Army, me, us the little man to realize we have a big task now and we don't have a whole big, uh, maybe army ready right now to go to war, but we are a small little group of soldiers that needs to be ready to do our local battles where we are. And it is a war and we cannot forget that. It's a war, Paul tells us that.
0: I think that um, probably a big issue we have in the modern church's ability to accept hard sayings of the Lord in Scripture is because there's a whole generation of Christians that are largely biblically illiterate. Yes. And and what they've had are the most loving, mm-hmm. gentle, wooing uh, verses of Scripture cherry-picked for them mm-hmm. for an extended period of time. And so that I feel that because of the level of biblical illiteracy in the church today, that, and because pastors have not preached the full counsel of God in a generation, we have lost the placeholder yeah. in the conversation for passages of Scripture like this that talk about God's judgment, right. uh, which as horrible as that is, I don't want to minimize that, as horrible as... Uh, it would have been to hear even two thousand years ago. It's just as horrible now, mm-hmm. but we can't have that conversation because we've—it's lo- no longer there. Right. Um, and so now, how do we, how do we lead with that? How do we reinsert it back into the discussion? Um, how do we begin uh, to be able to share the hard sayings of God as well as the love sayings of God uh, to a generation that? that will not even seem to engage scripture on their own, well, unless it's you, being engaged for them.
1: Right, and I can tell you where I am personally on this, because I'm preaching to myself uh-huh. here. One, because so, I've had to analyze that very same way, I, not as eloquently as you said it, because, but I've had to address that with myself. How do I insert myself now into these conversations that are all around me, sometimes on a daily basis? Whereas I've been somewhat silent and not said a whole lot, uh-huh because everybody knows, quote, unquote, who I am, and I'm a pastor, and blah, blah, blah. And so they know, this is what I've been telling myself, they know who and what I am, and that's true. But I have to now insert myself. I feel because of what I've read here, it's time for me to start inserting myself. Now, do I just come in like the bull in the china shop? No, that's not going to work because, like you said, we've lost that that whatever the way you said it that pin in the paper conversation of of where, where, are So no, I can't come in full bore and just hellfire and damnation anymore because we're so far removed. So you know, how do you insert yourself now into a conversation, which is what I've had to deal with in my own self? Where well, there's no context no of the context judgment at all. of God, really, and and given the fact that I haven't really said much along the way. Right. So now how of a sudden do I, you know, start saying stuff? So, one, it's, it's that friendship evangelism. I've been around a lot of these people long enough. They know me. And so that's been good and that's a part of it. And I don't minimize that, you, you know, people have to trust where the stuff's coming from and they can't right. do that unless they know the person a little mm-hmm. bit. So you establish relationships. That has to happen. If we expect to do what Paul kind of does, we have to have relationships. So. You can't beat a bull in the china shop, but you have to reach a point of conviction, which is what happened with me. I was convicted, you know, smacked upside the head. So now when things are said, I speak right then and there. And this has happened several times even now as of late with my new mindset to where I feel that I can insert myself into the conversation with a nice tone without trying to be the preacher guy, but to just talk. You know with a little bit of authority and firmness no this is what the Bible says and it's happened in conversations about our country and I'll recently I said well here's no I said our country is in trouble I don't think there is any hope barring a miracle from God which I'm not expecting and the reason is you cannot God does not forgive the the shedding of innocent blood except by those that shed the blood I said we've had so and I've said this we've had so many abortions in our country there's been so much bloodshed we are doomed and then you put in top on top of that the moral condition of our country and we are in really big 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 trouble because we over the last several years have gone downhill and we have uh just deteriorated and so we're like that song we are like a snowball uh headed down a hill for hell And so, at this point, those are the things I start injecting into a conversation. You know, not condemnatory, not being a hard-nosed preacher that's just in there to preach, but to really try to insert something in a meaningful way at an appropriate time in a conversation in which the truth of the Word of God can be shared. And I think that's something that we have to be able to start doing and and realize it's okay, and have confidence in ourself, confidence that we are representing the word of God, confidence that our Savior Himself had to do the same very thing in His interactions with people. I mean, we we read the Gospels, but again, I think in a sanitized way, and we've come away with this this picture of Jesus that is not altogether accurate because because he's a guy that said some pretty harsh language he called people hypocrites uh john the baptist said you're you're a brood of vipers uh jesus went into the temple and and overturned it and and just created this incredible scene of literally destruction and all of which that i just said in a way was not in tune with the times but it did call for a time in which action had to uh, be taken, and it had to be taken somewhat swiftly
0: and and with determination and purpose and I guess uh, i'm wondering is 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 part of the remedy for uh, being able to uh, get our churches back into being able to uh, accept the whole counsel of God, in our preaching, should, should we preach all the way through a book? You know what I mean? As opposed to topical preaching or um, just cherry picking, what, what oh, that'll preach, I can't wait to preach that passage and this and there's so much that we miss otherwise. Miss but if you're forced with the discipline of starting at the beginning of a book and preaching through... Although that can be interminable, See, I can't do
1: that. we've talked about that. But I think what preachers need to do—well, I can't say that. What I have needed to do is I preach my way through the Bible. Yeah. I don't preach through a book because I tried that. Joan Calhoun, when I finally stopped after trying to do it for about a year, she's pastor. I'm so glad you stopped doing it verse by verse because I'm not. Yeah. One time you that. did
0: that. You went through Mark that oh, it's way. horrible. Yeah.
1: And so, but what preachers need to do is be in the word themselves, start from cover to cover, and preach their way through the Bible. That's my counsel. Preach your way through the Bible. It doesn't matter where you are, if you're whoever you are, if you're in Mark, start right there. And let ask God to speak to you personally. I learned this from George Mueller. And God gives you what you need and that's how you see stuff. That's Mm -hmm. So I'm not preaching through Second Thessalonians, but I'm preaching through Second Thessalonians, where I happen to light. It may be one time, two times, three times, or maybe not any time right then, but I've read through it, and whatever I've read and not applied or taken, it fits in the next book somehow, right and so that's what we have to do. we can't any I, I don't know how preachers are doing it. But for me, that's how you cannot avoid the hard stuff. Mm -hmm. And when I was at Colony Hills, oh, I don't want to preach on that. It's hard. No. Okay, Warren, why don't you want to preach on that? Because it's hard. What does that mean? What's that saying about you? Then I have to deal with myself. Right. You know, then how am I going to present that? How do I deal with it in myself? Because he just ripped me a new one with the sins of my own life. But, yeah, I'd love to skip over that. But I can't.
0: Right. Well, hey, we're going to have to put it on hold for this week. and uh, we'll get together so let's
1: just wrap it up real quick let's read the word of God faithfully and read through it allow God to speak to us individually with purpose and meaning, be willing to deal with our own self, our own sins, our own failings, to kind of take a mirror to ourselves, and then realize God has saved us and called us. He's working in us and dealing within us so that we can go out there to be fit vessels for the master's use, and then have our antennae up to, to see when we can insert ourselves into conversations and and speak Unashamedly but lovingly, the truth, and we have that's a starting point. Um, and some of this stuff is going to be unpalatable, but we owe it, it's an obligation, a responsibility, and we don't love if we don't tell also the hard truth.
0: There are dangerous portions within the Bible that we need to know about, it would be like, um. If all we ever did was tell someone about how great it is to float on a rowboat out on the lake. Mm. You know, it's calm all the time. You learn how to row. Yep. and uh, But there are times when you're sailing in the ocean that the sea can roll and it can be quite dangerous and boisterous. And uh, you can have extreme dangerous times. Yeah. That's, that's part of the ocean, that's right. as well as a crystal blue sea. So the Bible's the same way. Yeah, there's the crystal blue sea of God's Word, but then there's also the tempests yeah. and, and some of the judgment and the harsh things that, that are a reality and will happen whether the, we want to be exposed to them or not. Yeah. That's right. and, um, but, like you said, if the context with which it's all given... Is is from a place of love. That's right. People have to learn. And we have to, to accept earn it. that position. Right. From we folks. have to earn it. So.
1: Okay. Good. Well, we made it through this, and <laughs> we had our own tempest and choppy waters, but yeah, we made it through this podcast, and we can put her back together.
0: Yep. Exactly. We'll see you next time. Well, friends, thanks for tuning into the We Believe podcast today. You know, if we're willing to accept the good things from God's hand, then shouldn't we also be willing to accept what is difficult? Remember, you are loved more than you'll ever know. Until next time, we believe.